Amen. Thank you, Brother Charles. War of the worlds, the spirit of Antichrist. So last week we looked at a little bit of biblical context for the war that we see in and against Israel today. And I'm going to tell you, it is a significant thing that for the first time in 50 years, the nation of Israel is at war. That is a significant thing that the church ought to take note of. But what we looked at last time is that this war that is taking place against Israel is not something that has just been since the last month, uh, but has really existed since the first family. Uh, we have seen the work of Satan, the dragon, and how he desires to destroy Israel. Now, the current manifestation of this is intense. I want to pause here at the outset, if we could, and we're going to watch this video from our missionary, Brother Sam Wilson. He's our missionary to the Jewish people. Now, I'll tell you, this is the one that we tried to watch last week, and it didn't work. So a lot happens, amen? And so some of this material will be a little bit dated, but I think it's good for us still just to take time and to see what our missionary has to say regarding some of these things that have happened in Israel. So Brother Josh, if you would, let's take a crack at it. There's no way to understand the conflict that's going on between Israel and Hamas right now without understanding the events of Saturday, October the 8th. Saturday, October 8th in Israel was a holiday. It was Simchat Torah, the joy of the Torah, the joy of, of, of God's word. And Jewish people were having a holiday and celebrating. It was a very joyous and a very happy time for them. In the midst of that, early in the morning on Saturday morning, suddenly there were rockets coming out of Gaza. Now, that's actually not unusual, okay? The terrorist in Gaza, Hamas, the terrorist in Gaza, they, they shoot rockets at Israel a lot. It's a regular thing. Sometimes it's one or two, sometimes it's a barrage, sometimes it's many, up to 1,000 or 1,500. But on this day, the, uh, the sky is filled with 3,500 missiles and rockets streaking in the air uh, toward Israel. Now, not toward Israel military bases, toward Israeli cities, toward innocent civilians. And so, and so Israel is scrambling, trying to somehow cope with this enormous sneak attack, not realizing that the real attack is, is going on behind the cover of these, these rocket attacks as huge numbers of the Hamas terrorists attacked the, the checkpoints in and out of the Gaza Strip um, and blew holes in the fence, and suddenly there are hundreds, literally thousands, of terrorists streaming out of Gaza into Israel. <coughs> we don't know how many. Perhaps 2,500 is the last number I've heard. 2,500 terrorists streaming out as wolves in, into, into unprotected towns. And towns and villages all over the area, suddenly huge packs of terrorists show up armed to the teeth, to attack them. Um, the stories are beyond horrific. You've heard the story about the concert. There were about 3,000 young people at a concert. Uh, it, it had gone all night long. It was early in the morning. And suddenly, an estimate is maybe 50 terrorists show up. And they surround the area. And they just begin wholesale butchering of people. Um, last numbers I saw, 260 of the Israeli young people died there. They went to many towns and villages and horrible things were done. I, I, I'll highlight just one of them. There's a small town, just about, it's a little village, 200 people. It's called Kfar Aza, uh, the village of Aza. And they were early on a Saturday morning, you know, they were, some were still abed and others were just getting up and suddenly 70 armed to the teeth terrorists show up in the village. They quickly overwhelm the security guards there in the village, and they run like ravening wolves through the village. Their goal was not to capture land or to defeat military targets. Their goal was torture and murder. Uh, they went into this village, with the, and they were just slaughtering people. Moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, boys and girls, little babies, didn't matter. It was wholesale slaughter. They just went through there killing everyone they saw. 50% of the inhabitants of this village were murdered. There were 
there were over, over 100 died there in that town of 200. Um, but in many of these villages, how do I say it? Not only was there wholesale murder going on in these villages, but there was torture, dismemberment, decapitation, people being burned alive, and most horrific of all, taking of captives back to Gaza. If you give me a choice, do you want to be murdered or do you want to be taken captive by Hamas to Gaza? I'm like, murder me. I don't want to go there. Yeah. But we don't know how many. It, right now, the current number, we, they've identified 199 people that have been taken captive back to Gaza who are now in the hands of these people. This attack, one thinks to say they were like wild animals, except for that wild animals are not this vicious and not this inhumane. There really aren't words to describe the horror of what happened on that day. Israel has got to respond, and they're going to respond. Um, they have been trying to coexist with Hamas, and I think they will not try anymore to coexist. It, it, it looks to me like it's war to the death with Hamas. The situation there is very dreadful. There's, the bloodshed, frankly, has probably begun. I beg of you to pray for Israel and, and pray for the civilians on both sides because we're looking at a very difficult time before us. Thank you for your prayers. Again, that's Brother Sam Wilson. He's our missionary to the Jewish people. I appreciate him taking time to talk with me on the phone and then prepare that for us as well. But I thought it was interesting. You know, last week we talked about the dragon and his war against the woman. We talked about Ezekiel 38 and 39 and those players, Russia, Iran, and Turkey. I got home from church Sunday night and found that what? That, that Russians had, had swarmed one of the Russian airports uh, because they found a flight had come into Russia from out of Israel. And so they swarmed the runway to do what? To check people's passports, to try to find out if there were any Jews or Israelis on that plane. You listen, Hamas did some interviews this week. One of their spokesperson had this to say, that what they did on October 8th, that they will do again and again and again. This is not, these are not attacks against military targets, but they will do it again and again and again until Israel is eradicated. I don't know if you noticed, this weekend there were protests in Washington, D.C. Massive protests in Washington, D.C. Pro- Palestinian, pro-Hamas, anti-Israel protests in our nation's capital this week. I mentioned the phrase that you sometimes hear them say, uh, that from the river to the sea, uh, that uh, Palestine will be free. What that is, is it is a call for the removal of Israel. Israel is what exists from the river to the sea. And uh, this week we had uh, a, a representative in the U.S. House of Representatives use that phrase, from the river to the sea. And I'm telling you, the dragon is, is very real, and he very much wants to destroy Israel. It, Revelation 12, 12 and 13, we looked at it last week. We'll look at it again tonight. Revelation 12, verses 12 and 13. Uh, the Bible says, Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, that ye dwell in them, but woe unto the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. Verse 13 reminds us this. And when the dragon saw that he was cast under the earth, he persecuted the woman. Now, who is the woman, church? It's Israel. He persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. Now, tonight I want to shift a little bit. We talked about Israel. We talked about Satan. We, we talked about the Lord Jesus last week. But when we consider end-time events, there's, there's one other person that uh, often we need to consider. And that is the person that we call the Antichrist. Now, Jesus foretold us in the uh, Olivet Discourse that in the last days, what? The nation would rise against nation. And that chaos would ensue and rise on the earth. Paul preached that perilous times would come and that evil men would wax worse and worse. But the Bible teaches that, that there is a, a man who in these last times 
will step into that chaos and, and he will bring a measure of peace for a season. And that man we call, the Bible calls, the Antichrist. But I'm afraid, church, that sometimes our pursuit and our understanding of the Antichrist is much too shallow. So I want to look tonight from God's Word to understand the spirit of Antichrist and the war of the worlds that is taking place around us. So if you're taking notes tonight, Roman numeral one, let's consider this, Antichrist, the meaning. Now, now we understand what Christ means. It means the anointed one, the sent one, uh, but that prefix anti. Now, many times uh, we recognize the word anti or the prefix anti to simply mean against. And, and that would be true. Uh, this man, this antichrist, uh, he would be one who would be against Christ in every aspect. And so the, the prefix anti can mean against, and we should know that, that this is one who will be against Christ. But, but there is also a, a deeper understanding of this prefix anti that we often overlook. Because you see, not only can anti mean against, but it also means in place of. Or, or replacing, or opposite of. And so this prefix anti, it also means in place of. And this will be a key understanding as we develop this out tonight. And by the way, church, this has always been the plan. To remove and replace. You think about Satan's desire in heaven. What was Satan's desire in heaven? Well, Isaiah 14, 13 and 14 tells us that. Uh, for thou, this is speaking of the devil, for thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also in the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. Verse 14, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. So what was Satan's original desire? Satan was going to be like God. Satan wanted to rule and reign instead of, in place of God. By the way, this was also not just Satan's desire in heaven. This was Satan's deception in the garden. What did he tell Eve? If you eat the fruit... God knows what? You'll be like God's. So this has always been Satan's plan, his play, his desire, his deception. And this is also Satan's design for the Antichrist. To be a counterfeit and, and stand in instead of Christ or in place of Christ. And so that's important for us to understand. It's not just a man that will be against Christ. It will be a man who seeks to take the place of Christ. So having established that, Roman numeral one, we've seen the meaning. Roman numeral two, let's consider Antichrist tonight, the man. So I'm going to teach a little bit. There'll be some notes on the screen, and uh, we'll just settle in. Amen? I don't know if I'll get through it quick. I don't know if we'll get through it long, but we're just going to study God's word tonight. Amen? So... As we consider the Antichrist, the man, we find many passages in the Bible concerning the man that will be the Antichrist. This man is called the man of sin, points to his lawlessness. This man is called the son of perdition. It points to his destruction. We see those titles in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse number 3, where it calls him the man of sin and the son of perdition. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse number 3. And so let me stop by saying this. What does that simply tell us? Well, it tells us that the Antichrist will be a man. He won't be an alien he won't be an angel or a demon. He won't be an AI computer program. He will be a man like you and I. He will be a man. But he is a man who through demonic power seeks to counterfeit Christ. He is a man who seeks to stand in place of Christ. So we see this man, he has many titles. Revelation describes him as a fearful beast. 
Revelation chapter 13. Uh, turn there if you would, and I think Josh will put it up on the screen for us. Revelation 13 verses 1 through 8 give us a description and a development of this man who will be the Antichrist. John said this, he said, And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was likened to a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. Verse 3, And I saw one of his heads... As it was wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. And they which worshipped the dragon, and they worshipped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things, and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. So let me point out a few things here. Verses 1 and 2, and Josh, you can put them up on the screen. They tell us how the beast rises up out of the sea. He is going to rise out of the chaos of the nations. Now, we have a lot of symbolism here. Seven heads, ten horns. Uh, we have some crowns on those horns. And, and let me tell you what those are. Those horns and those crowns speak of a coalition of ten nations. So he will be the leader of a coalition of ten nations. Well, preacher, how do you know that? Well, the book of Daniel actually defines this for us. In Daniel 7, in verse number 7, it tells us a little bit about this, this, this dreadful beast. And uh, at the back half of the verse, it talks about his heads and his horns and his, his crowns. So, Josh, if you put the other half of the verse up on the screen for us. And so we see that he had ten horns. Now, in verse 24 of Daniel 7, we see, and the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise. Revelation, I'll give you another verse, Revelation 17, 12, also defines for us that these ten horns are a coalition of ten nations, ten rulers who come together in this empire. And we have here a description back in Revelation 13 of the Antichrist's empire and the characteristics of, of these awful, deadly beasts that it's likened unto. It's likened unto the incredible power of a dragon. It's likened to be swift and cunning like a leopard, stout and strong as a bear, fearful as a lion. And the Antichrist... In his kingdom, they bear the likeness of and are given power by none other than Satan himself. We see that in Revelation 13 in verse number 2. And so we find here one of the great counterfeits that we are going to see. And that Satan wants a kingdom. Satan desires his own kingdom. And so Satan is going to use this man to, to coalesce a group of nations together in order to rule the world. You see, Christ has a kingdom. And so everything Christ is going to do and does, Satan desires to counterfeit. And so we find that Satan desires a kingdom, an empire as well. Revelation shows how this man will come and attempt to take the place of Christ. If you noticed in verse number 3, it mentioned of this man that, that one of his heads, there was a deadly wound that was healed. 
And all the world wandered after the beast. We see reference to this deadly wound that was healed in Revelation 13, 14. We see a, 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 a mention of this wound that was healed in Revelation 17 as well. And so what do we see here? We see that the Antichrist apparently receives a wound that should have killed him, but he is miraculously healed. Do you see the counterfeit? When Jesus was put on a cross, he was miraculously raised from the dead. Well, anything that Jesus does, the devil wants to what? Counterfeit. And so the Antichrist here has a miraculous healing. Or maybe even a false resurrection. Can you imagine the propaganda that's going to take place around that? I mean, you can imagine. It gives it right there in Revelation 13. Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with this guy? This is incredible. And the world will run headlong after him. Verse number 4, we find that he points men to worship the dragon. Verses 5 and 6, what do we find? We find that he declares himself to be God. He blasphemes against heaven, declares himself to be God, and demands to be worshipped. 2 Thessalonians 2 and verse number 4 tells us that as well. Speaking of the Antichrist who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. So this man at this point is going to walk into the temple, declare himself to be God and demand to be worshipped. Well, boy... That's a counterfeit of Jesus, isn't it? That he declares himself to be God and demands to be worshipped? That's a counterfeit. Did you notice verses 7 and 8? Revelation 13, 7 and 8 talks about how he makes war against the saints and how power was given over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And so what do you see here? You see the Antichrist is doing what? Trying to gain a people out of all nations and tribes and tongues. Well, let me ask you, who does that sound like? That kind of sounds like what Jesus is doing in the church and what Jesus is putting together in heaven. So here we have a number of counterfeits. He, he, he wants a kingdom like Christ. He has a false resurrection, a miraculous healing like Christ. He blasphemes heaven and declares himself to be God. He seeks to gain a people out of all peoples and nations and tongues. We have a, a good bit of information about the Antichrist. He will come in peace. He will make a peace treaty. He will break that peace treaty. All sorts of things. And so this is the Antichrist, the dragon's false Christ, who will... Seek to take the place of Christ and deceive the world. By the way, he will by and large accomplish that. So we look at what the Bible has to say about him and what do we immediately ask? Well, who is this guy? Who is it? Who is it? Do you know who the Antichrist is? Who do you think it is? And you know, I mean, people, all sorts of outrageous things. I think like every president since Abraham Lincoln has been considered, I don't know why I picked Abraham Lincoln, but I think every American president at one time or another has been considered the Antichrist. I mean, George Bush was, because he the first one, because he talked about a new world order, and then Bill Clinton was, because he was Bill Clinton, and then uh, George uh, W. Bush was, because, you know, he, he invaded in Iraq, and we had all those things going on, and then Obama was, because, well, he was Obama, and then Trump. Trump was, because, well, he was Trump. And I, I really haven't heard it about Biden. I, they just don't give him that much credit, I don't think. But, uh, I mean, I've heard a lot of people say it's the Pope. I've heard people say it's Volodymyr Zelensky. It's Vladimir Putin. You know who it really is? It's Bill Gates. I mean, he's got his fingers in everything, Right? It's the Amazon guy. I mean, how easy would it be for him to say, you can't buy or sell unless you have my mark? I mean, he's already got the system in place, right? I've heard different YouTubers be floated as the Antichrist. I even had some people think it was me for a little while. <laughs> but what do we want to know? We want to know who is he. We want to know where is he coming from. 
Is he coming from America? Is he going to be like European? Is he going to be African? Is he going to be Middle Eastern? Is he going to be Jewish? Is he going to be Gentile? Who is he? Where is he coming from? And we all have ideas and theories and so much speculation. And can I in love tonight? Let me, let me put a little clarity. I want to help you tonight, all right? Here it is. In regards to who the Antichrist is and where he's coming from, just stop. Just stop. Stop it. Preacher, why do you say that? You know, the Bible also tells us what the defining mark of the Antichrist will be. How we will know this guy is the Antichrist. And that's going to be when he halfway through the tribulation walks into the temple, defiles the temple, and declares himself to be God. That is when we will know, hey, that's who that guy is. Guess where the church will be? We'll be out of here at least three and a half years. We'll be gone. So let me ask you, what good is it doing for us to look around for somebody who's not going to even be revealed until three and a half years after we're out of here? It doesn't do us any good. Now, I'm also, I'm convicted by this. You know, as a church, we've never been told to look for the man of sin. Never once have we been told to look for the man of sin. You know what we have been told to look for? The return of the Son of Man. That Jesus is coming again. And I'm not supposed to be looking around, I bet it's Zelensky. I bet it's Putin. I bet it's you. Stop it. Let's just start looking for Jesus. Amen. Let's just start living like he's coming back. Like he's still the answer. I'm going to tell you, that's our task. God's given us a lot of information about this man, the Antichrist. And that information is good. And you should be knowledgeable about what the Bible has to say. But the thing of the matter is, the man will not be revealed until after we're gone. So let's quit looking for the man of sin. And let's start living and looking for the return of the Son of Man. Amen? So we see Antichrist, the meaning. It does mean against, but church, also it means what? It means in place of, right? Or instead of. He is, he is the devil's counterfeit for the Lord Jesus. So we've also seen the Antichrist, the man, and how he is the counterfeit of Christ in so many ways. But church, I think what really bears a strong impact and a strong meaning for where we are is what we read as we opened tonight in 1 John chapter 4. Let's read those verses again. John wrote this, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist. Whereof ye have heard that it should come. And even now already is it in the world. So we've seen Antichrist the meaning. We've seen Antichrist the man. But church, I think where we need to spend some time tonight and really spend some time reflecting is simply Antichrist the message. The spirit of Antichrist that is already in the world. You know, we're never told to watch out for the man of sin. But we are told to watch out for the spirit of Antichrist. To try the spirits, whether they be of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. And John teaches, as well as other places teach, that the spirit of Antichrist is already here. And it has been here for a long, long time. The spirit of Antichrist is not only here to oppose Jesus, the spirit of Antichrist is here to replace Jesus. And here's the thing about the spirit of Antichrist, church. It will look right, feel right, and function right within the culture. But the spirit of Antichrist, its goal is to numb desensitize and dumb down the culture in preparation for the man who will come. And by the way, it's numbing, desensitizing, and dumbing down a lot of churches too. 
You say, preacher, why in the world would the world accept a man who the Bible calls a beast? A man of lawlessness, a son of perdition, a willful king, a worthless shepherd, and an abomination. Why in the world would the world receive and accept somebody like that? Why in the world would this world accept a man who will literally lead it headlong to global destruction and eternal damnation? Why in the world would the world do that? Well, simply this. The world, they, will accept the man because they have already accepted his message. You see, the spirit of Antichrist is all around us. And it is preparing the way, almost like John the Baptist of old, for Antichrist the man to step in and be readily received in place of Christ. They will accept the man because they have already accepted his message. Let me talk about some of these counterfeits that we see as the spirit of Antichrist in our day and age today. Can I talk first about this is the spirit of Antichrist that is alive and well around us. First of all, the counterfeit of evolution. What does the counterfeit of evolution seek to do? It replaces creator God with random chance. It replaces God's intentional love and care with cruel and impersonal happenstance. What does it do? It provides an answer in place of God. We don't need him anymore. We have this instead. And so the spirit of evolution, the counterfeit of evolution, is a spirit of antichrist at work in our culture today. It's crazy that men would legitimately believe they came from monkeys. I mean, the lack of objective scientific evidence for anything remotely pointing to that. It is amazing. Somebody once said that, you know, they, they would believe in evolution, but they don't have enough faith for that. I mean, when you actually get down to the science, it is remarkable. We would never believe that a watch happened on its own. We would never believe that a car happened on its own. We would never believe that a house just happened on its own. And yet we believe that our finely tuned creation, our finely tuned bodies, our finely tuned DNA, there is more information in your DNA than than probably books in this building. And yet we are willing to believe that that is random chance. I'm sorry, I don't have enough faith for that. And yet we see the counterfeit of evolution, the spirit of Antichrist, seeks to replace Creator God with random chance. May I continue? Maybe not. Okay. I got a little ways to go. Consider with me the spirit of Antichrist, the counterfeit of moral relativism. What is the counterfeit of moral relativism? It replaces God's truth with your truth. It replaces God's rule, thus saith the Lord, with your reason. Well, I just don't see it that way. It replaces facts and realities with your feelings. It removes God as the highest authority and it replaces God with whatever thought or appetite you have in this moment. The counterfeit of moral relativism says we don't need God. We don't need his truth. We have our own truth. We see it a lot in really the sexual chaos around us. The thought that Boys can become girls or girls can become boys. They can't. I am a man, not a woman. Amen? Amen. Nor am I a goat. Nor am I a motorcycle. Doesn't matter how much I feel like a motorcycle tomorrow. I am not a motorcycle. We see the same thing in abortion. The idea that We can end human life when we deem it confitting to do so. Euthanasia. 
You know, our friends to the north in Canada, they now have uh, medically assisted suicide. They've extended it to people who are depressed, to people who suffer from addictions, etc., etc. And what have we done when we remove God? We develop a culture of death, don't we? When we remove God, we remove stability. When we remove God, we remove reality. And yet, the counterfeit of moral relativism is alive and well all around us. It is the spirit of Antichrist. May I keep going? Consider with me the counterfeit of materialism. Where we replace God with stuff. Money experiences. You know, I could be happy if I just had a bigger house. I could be happy if I had a better car. I could be happy if I could go on this trip. I could be happy if I had this electronic. I could be happy if, and we have a world who has heaped to themselves stuff. Stuff everywhere. But you know what they still don't have? Peace, joy, purpose, True prosperity of soul. For all that we have heaped to ourselves, we are emptier than we have ever been. And yet the spirit of Antichrist, the counterfeit of materialism, says you don't need God. You just need more stuff. You just need more money. You just need... The spirit of Antichrist is alive and well all around us. Shaping our culture. May I continue? So we've seen the counterfeit of evolution, the counterfeit of moral relativism, the counterfeit of materialism. Consider with me as we talk about the spirit of Antichrist, the counterfeit of, we'll talk about some governments here, communism and and socialism. We kind of hit capitalism there with materialism to a certain extent, but let's talk about communism and socialism. What do they teach us? Well, we don't need God because we got who? Government. And government knows best. What is it that the World Economic Forum tells us every year? It won't be long till you own nothing and like it. I think that's literally what they tell us every year. Oh, government knows best. Don't submit to God, submit to government. They really have your best interests at heart. A counterfeit of communism and socialism. While I'm here, can we talk about the counterfeit of globalism? Counterfeit of globalism. You know, what, what, is, what is it, the push for all people of all nations to come together in peace and harmony? You know what that is? That's a counterfeit of the church. I mean, that's what Jesus is building. Uh, uh, one unified body of all people and nations and tribes and tongues where we can have peace and harmony. Even as we talked about this morning, create a symphony together for the glory of God. The world says we don't need God to do that. We just need the United Nations. We just need a one world government. Hmm. But church, no one can bring peace and harmony to all people. No one but Jesus. And I'll say as well, no one is fit to rule all people except for Jesus. May I make this statement as well? Nation states and nationalism is not evil. You hear a lot in our culture today about the evil of nationalism. Well, you only care about your country and that's bad. Well, it's not that we only care about this country, but it is that we do care about this country. And by the way, that's not a bad thing. Do you know who created nations? God did. Go back to Genesis. God is the one who created nations. By the way, even when we get to eternal state, Revelation 21 and 22, we see the tree of life and the fruit that's born on it. It's for the healing of the what? The nations. And so apparently, the nations that God has created will continue in some state for all of eternity. Nations are not a bad thing. Nationalism is not a bad thing. But... In the counterfeit of globalism, the spirit of Antichrist wants to oppose and replace 
all that the Lord Jesus desires to do. You get the picture? The spirit of Antichrist is very real. And it is all around us. I'll give you a couple more. We could go all night with this, but we won't. Thank you, Charles, or Chuck. (laughs) Well-timed amen there, my brother. Consider with me the counterfeit then of humanism. Humanism replaces the will of God with the will of man. Man becomes the end or the point of all things. Man becomes the measure of all things. Man is ordered to take charge of himself, to take charge of his destiny, because he has power within himself to achieve the world of his dreams. And so the spirit of Antichrist says, you don't need God. You don't need his will. You don't need his word. All you need is your self. Hmm. Counterfeit of humanism replaces the will of God with the will of man. Let me give you this last one, the counterfeit of critical social justice. Oh boy, is right. This is uh, what some people affectionately term as, as woke. Uh, theologically, we would call it liberation theology. In the academic realm, it's called critical social justice. And the essence here is to replace true liberty in Christ with the lie of equity and liberation. And I would encourage you just to do a cursory reading and you will find this to be true. But the lie of critical social justice promises to build a free and equal world. But if I look around at the work of the social justice movement, they aren't building anything. They're burning everything. And their goal is not to build. Their goal is literally to tear down and destroy the world that there is. That's why Chicago chapter of Black Lives Matter on October 9th, they posted a picture of a paraglider holding a rifle with the idea, uh, some sort of caption on the bottom saying they support Hamas. The paragliders were the one who flew into that concert and killed hundreds of people. This is why the world can look at Hamas, which which literally means violence, and say, no, they're the good guys. They're the liberators. They're the ones that that are really doing the Lord's work. This is why if you read their writings, if they address the Bible in any sort of honesty at all, in scholarship, God is increasingly being portrayed as the ultimate oppressor. Because, I mean, everybody is divided into either oppressed or oppressors. And for those who honestly consider the Bible in that line of thinking, God is increasingly being portrayed as the ultimate oppressor, the ultimate villain. I'm going to tell you, that's a big one in our world today. True liberty is not found in destroying the structure of the world. True liberty is found when we find Jesus Christ. Now, Until the man is revealed, the message or the spirit of Antichrist will continue to be pushed around us. The world is being prepared for the last days. The war of this world, what we see, the chaos and violence around us, the war of this world is being driven by the world we cannot see. We talked last week about how the dragon was driving the anti-Semitism that we see, the push for the destruction of Israel. I'm telling you, the spirit of Antichrist is pushing on this world, preparing it for that man who will come. And so we're told what? We're told to try the spirits, 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 1. Try the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Now I'm going to ask this one more time. Because it's time for us to make some application. May I continue tonight? Okay. You and I, we look at God's word and we say, we would never follow the man. I would never follow the man of the Antichrist. 
and yet we follow his message. You say, preacher, how do we do that? Well, we send our kids to their school to be taught the message of the Antichrist every day. Now, I know, I know there are some good people who work in the public schools. And I'm not trying to attack the teachers that are there. I think there ought to be Christian teachers in the public schools in order to be a light. I think that's a wonderful thing for a Christian adult to do. I think that it is a dangerous thing to ask a Christian child to do. Because the thing is, while there may be some good people, I know there are working in the public schools. The public schools are not your friend. The philosophy of the public schools is anti-God. It is the spirit of anti-Christ. It is materialistic. It is humanistic. It is globalistic. It has social justice. It has evolution. It has moral relativism. If the, if the boy says he's a girl, you have to call him a her or you get suspended. The philosophy of the public school is anti-God. The curriculum of the public school is anti-God. And again, I'm not saying that everybody, I know there are good people. We have people who are members here who are good people and they are a light for Christ in the public school every day. But the reality is the public school system is not the friend of the church. It pushes the spirit of antichrist. So we would never follow the man. But man, we follow his message. We send our kids to their schools to be taught it. We invite it into our homes where we watch it on our TVs, our tablets, and our phones. We laugh at it. Oh, the moral relativism of that sitcom. I know it's not right, but it's funny. The, the message of all of the Disney movies ever, just follow your heart. That's humanism, folks. That is the spirit of Antichrist. Oh, we would never follow the man. But we invite it into our homes while we watch it on our TVs, laugh at it on our tablets, and fall asleep to it on our phones. We would never follow the man, but we sing along to the message on their radio stations and streaming stations. Well, preacher, I don't really mind the words. I just like the music. Oh, but the message of Antichrist, the spirit of Antichrist is so subtle. We send our kids to their schools. We invite it into our homes while we watch it and laugh at it on our TVs, tablets, and phones. We sing along to it on their radio stations and their streaming stations. We bow to it in order to not seem hateful or bigoted to those around us. How many Christians have soft-pedaled God's truth because I don't, I don't want to be called hateful. I don't, I don't want to be called a bigot. And so, well, you know, I guess maybe the Bible, well, I don't really know. And, you know, it's kind of like, uh, who, who, what was it? Joel Osteen was asked, like, is an atheist going to go to heaven? He's like, well, I don't know. But the pressure around us is immense, is it not? I mean, you say the wrong thing, you call him a him when he thinks he's a her or a zer or a, or, or a frog or a whatever. I mean, all those are real things, you know, real things. Uh, where are you going to get? You're going to land up in, you're going to land in HR. I've had more than one Christian tell me, well, brother, I just need this job. And so we bow. We bow to the spirit of Antichrist. And when we bow to the spirit of Antichrist, we're lending credence to that which we should not. May I make this statement as well? There are no crowns in heaven for the jerks for Jesus club. All right? You should not be a jerk for Jesus. You should not be hateful. But... Truth will always sound hateful to those who hate the truth. 
Truth will always sound hateful to those who hate the truth. So we would never follow the man, but boy, we certainly have allowed his message to infiltrate our lives. We send our kids to be taught in their schools. We invite it to be broadcast in our homes. We sing along to it in our cars. We bow down to it in order to not seem hateful or bigoted. Here's one. We sacrifice our kids to it in order to keep them out of our hair or off my back. Here. Here's a phone. Here's a tablet. Here's a Facebook. Here's an Instagram. Here's a TikTok. Here's a... And we, 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 we sacrifice our kids to the spirit of Antichrist. Why? Because it's just easier, preacher, not to fight with them about it. You see, we would never follow the man, would we? But we sure have subtly allowed his message to have a place in our lives. In church, if we do not wake up subtly, Slowly, but surely, we will succumb. And our kids will succumb. The spirit of Antichrist is all. I don't know if the man, the Antichrist, is alive today. That's not something God needs me to know. What God needs me to know is that the spirit of Antichrist is all around us today. And so we better wake up. Now, preacher, that's some heavy stuff. I know it is. But you know, the danger and the deception here are very real. But I want to end on a positive note tonight. Church, may we never forget that the end is already settled. We win. The devil doesn't win, the Antichrist doesn't win. The spirit of Antichrist doesn't win. We win. Did you note verse 4 of 1 John chapter 4? So verse 3, it says, And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. Man, that's some heavy stuff. It is all around us. But verse 4, Ye are of God, little children. And have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You know, Jesus told us that all of these things were coming. You know why Jesus told us these things were coming? So that when we see them coming to pass, it'll increase our faith. Hey, Jesus told me about that. Hey, the Bible says that hey I see that in the book you know what that means that means he's coming again and he's coming soon even so come Lord Jesus boy the spirit of antichrist is all around us but may the Lord help us as we stand steadfast unmovable always abounding in the work of our Lord until he comes